1: and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody. Welcome, I want to tell you, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. All right, I just got to tell you, we have got an incredible absolutely incredible show for you tonight. I am telling you, wait till you hear some of the things we are going to talk about and actually my guest is going to talk mostly about that. I'm going to be asking like a lot of questions because I have got Dr. Meg Blackburn Lossie joining us here today and we are talking with you about are you ready? The secret history of consciousness. The secret Dr. Meg Dr. Meg Blackburn, The Secret History of Consciousness. This is, I got this book in my hand. This is going to make you step away from this show with more questions than you probably are going to get, you know, answers to. But it's going to make you step up and say, I got to get a copy of the book. I got to talk to, I got to find Dr. Meg. I got to talk with her. The Secret History of Consciousness, Ancient Keys to Our Future Survival. So many questions roaming around about 2012. Actually, I'm wondering if anybody is even going to wake up for 2011. It's like, forget 11, go to 12. I actually have a different theory about that myself. Dr. Megs joining us here today is the author of Parenting the Children of Now, Conversations with the Children of Now, which is international bestseller, the Children of Now, uh, Crystalline Children, Indigo Children, you name it. She has talked to all of them, but more importantly, She's joining us here today because this is something she's passionate about. She has become a spokesperson for these young people that perhaps in different days and times have not had people to kind of be on their side, to understand what their journeys have been like. But today, you all get to take a trip with me as Dr. Meg and I travel down that road to look at The Secret History of Consciousness. What is it about consciousness that we can explore? What has she discovered? What is it about the different geometries and different places in the world that are leaving clues for us, signs for us? And then the question then becomes, is there anybody out there other than Dr. Meg and a handful of other people that are even awake or conscious enough to pay attention? Well, tonight's show, hopefully, will help all of us raise our glass up high and say, I'm awake. I want to know get me ready. Dr. Meg, welcome to the show. It's great to have you.
0: Oh, it's so good to be back on the air with you, Dr. Pat. I love being on your show. Thanks for having me back.
1: Oh, I love having you back. I love this book. (laughs) Uh, You know, the hardest thing I I have found in uh, speaking with you is always knowing where to start. And I I think I'm going to start at a personal level because I just love you. I love what you do. And boy, have you become a beacon of courage for so many people. So here's the question I want to ask you. Sure. Given where you are today and what you've experienced in the past two years, do you believe that we are ready to hear what the secret history of consciousness is? Consciousness is, and do you also believe that what you've discovered personally about yourself has enabled you to get a greater perspective on what's to come?
0: Oh my gosh. First of all, yeah, we're ready. We're, we're waking up left and right. And you know what's really neat? As you know, I travel all over the world. I take groups to sacred sites everywhere, and I talk to people. I don't just be a tourist. I live that life as long as we're there. And what I'm finding is that all over the world, everywhere, we are all saying the same thing. And so many people are so ready and awake, and just looking for how many possibilities are there, and what can they do to jump in and and enjoy the ride, you know, so yeah, we're ready and and we're beyond ready, we're evolving faster than we know i it sometimes you know, and On a personal level, holy cow, there are no limits. That's all I can say. You know, whatever we, whatever we believe is already done and it's just a matter of, of not getting hung up in the process, just jumping in and, and doing it, whatever we want, because it's, it's that easy. And and for me, I think what I've learned as much the last couple of years, since you put it that way, is that really, you know, we are our own limitation. And as soon as we get that out of the way, then, then there's no stopping us.
1: Well, and this is what I love w- about talking with you. I mean, you know, this is kind of the conversation about, you know, what do we know to date and what are the unlimited possibilities of that? And then I'm sure as you and I chat, you know, moving forward, You know, what are the unlimited possibilities that we can't even perhaps even contemplate or imagine? And I want to kind of jump to, you know, the book because I did mention it and uh, and I want to talk with everybody about it as well. Uh, You know, the question that most people would ask, the secret history of consciousness, what has kept it a secret so long before we even share what that is? But what do you believe? has kept this notion, this idea, this construct, whatever you want to call it, of consciousness. What has, what has kept the secret history secret?
0: Our own lack of awareness and our need to be mental about everything.
1: Dang, because- I know it was
0: us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there it all is right in front of us, as we're going to find out shortly. And and that's what hit me so hard. You know, I, I was working on the book, and I, I had all of the, these pieces of information, and I was putting them in some sort of a, an, a, an order that people could read, you know, and, and all of a sudden it hit me. I didn't even set out to say some of that stuff. And and all of a sudden one day it hit me and I jumped out of my chair and I started walking in circles and saying, oh my God, oh my God, it was right there all along. And it just, I mean, it still blows me away to think of, of, of you know, the level of awareness that we can come to when we stop, you know, we, we, we scientists and people go to go to all these different sites and they look at the like for instance the pyramids what what star systems are reflected and and what are the angulations and what's the math and you know how big is the base and how high is it who cares that isn't the point you know and the 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 point the the whole thing started to started to come together as i started to see similarities around the world and And uh, in the oral traditions, too, which are part of the ancient history, you know, and and wow, all I can say is, wow, it's all been there all along. We just did not have the awareness to to notice, and all I can say is, it's just mind-boggling how simple it all is.
1: And, you know, I love it because one of the things you talk about coming out of the gate, and I want to talk to you about this because I think mm-hmm. this is going to kind of set the stage for a lot of folks. You talk okay. about coming out of the spiritual closet. And uh, I love that term, right? And I think, oh, yeah. dang, she's been watching me. That's it. See, I thought nobody would fit, find, out, find me out, but there she is. Um, but let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, basically what you're talking about is masses, mass numbers of people doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you know, based on what I've read in your book and what you talk about, how would you describe the population of people that are coming out of the spiritual closet today versus a population that that were even coming out five years ago?
0: Well, well, you know, it's contagious. (laughs) The more of us (laughs) that do, the more of us do. And the the kind of people that it's happening to now as opposed to, say, ten years ago, because five years ago was kind of a blur. But, uh, you know, as uh, it's everybody from all walks of life all of a sudden are saying, wait a minute, there's something more. And, and And having an inkling and are starting to search. I'm meeting people from all walks of life. And it's just stunning to see that we're getting the same messages. No matter how long we 've done this or or whether we just started doing it today, the messages are clear and they're, and they 're the same and and you know and I 'm seeing that we 've got a momentum going and and it 's not somebody trying to sell some religion or or sell some idealism it 's about truth and and knowing and and remembering who we are in the first place because we forgot. Mm. We forgot, and now we're coming back around to that awareness, that expansion of possibilities that are ava- that are available to us you know and and we just forgot how to see that, but now we can, and so it's just it's mind blowing to me how many people even across the world are using the same language languaging in what they're saying about their experiences, and it's not that they've all read the same book, believe me. You know, um, it's just, it's beautiful. It's just amazing to me.
1: It is. And I have to ask you, you know, uh, as we continue to talk about this, you know, the other thing that you talk about is the illusion that we live in every day. And mm-hmm. for someone like you that has uh, been a leader and has had the courage to be, a, been a, been a, become a leader and a spokesperson for so many, so many, you know, there's so many of us that have hung out in the closet, you know, for really long that we actually think we're, you know, one of the suits hanging up in there. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're kind of peeking out. We're kind of like, wow, well, coming out. And we're like, wow, how does Dr. Meg do that? You know, how does she get to wake up every day, stand tall in her power, be completely courageous, and face the world and say, these are the messages of today?
0: I'm not afraid. Mm. And I am excited to be who I am. And I had to learn that. You know, I came crashing down years ago and had to pull myself up by my bootstraps because I had nothing else to hold on to. And and I really had to learn to accept who am I and what am I doing and be okay with that. You know, and it was a journey and it was hard. But what I did was I dealt with my stuff. You know, I, I learned what I was defending and what was getting me into trouble. And once I became aware of it, nobody else could hurt me there. So I don't have to worry about it. I know my stuff. And it, And some of it's still there, but it's okay i i I can deal with it, and it's nobody else's, so I have nothing to fear, and I have no reason to not get up every morning and say it's awesome to be who I am, and it's awesome to do what i do and and that's the part we miss because you know from the time we hit air we're told that we're imperfect we have to we have to achieve our purpose we have to make our mark on the in the world and it's getting harder and harder because there are more and more of us you know and and, and at the same time nobody ever told us what it looked like when we got there we got a road map with no destination and and so being able to to just be free of that and and not have any expectations and i truly don't um gives you the freedom to just explore whatever comes up and that's where the magic is
1: it is really free freeing and i think one of the things that we should talk about because i this is what i believe is one of the greatest misconceptions we have when we talk about you know not having expectations a lot of people without really listening to what you have to say or have not heard you sometimes we say uh just like what you have said i've said it myself that i don't have any expectations that doesn't mean that you and I don't have a vision.
0: A vision is different. It a vision is different. Is an intention for creating a reality. Exactly. An, expect- an expectation is a limitation to anything that could have otherwise created.
1: Yeah, and so what's really beautiful about this is to be able to hold that level of, 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 of let's just call it, you know, third eyesight. And yeah. know that everybody on this planet has the ability. I mean, isn't that really what you talk about in so many ways?
0: Oh, oh yes. And and I want to make that clear. I'm not any different than anyone else. I just pay attention. And what I what I mean by that is I listen. I listen to people. I listen to myself. And and I got to know who that is and what the voices are. Which ones are mine and which ones are everybody else's. You know, and 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 it really makes a difference. It really does.
1: So, Dr. Meg, in the book, um, and I just want it for all of you that are just to, you know, just tuning in. Um, I'm talking to Dr. Meg of Blackburn joining us here, The Secret History of Consciousness. This is a really cool book, everybody. I mean, beyond the cool cover that it is, The Ancient Keys to Our Future Survival, one of the things that I love, maybe it's cause I'm like right brained a little bit, is that not only do we get to take this journey step by step, you know, she just brilliantly uh, invites us to take this uh, journey with her. But some of the visualizations, the pictures, some of the demonstrations that you show, uh, they just kind of all make sense when we stop and we're opening up. So the mm-hmm. question then, I guess, is, is when you talk about the sacred sites across the world and you talk about some of the things that have been, quote, left behind, one might ask, what do any of these have to do with anything other than science? What's the relationship between these noted, I don't know, phenomenon and the conversation of consciousness?
0: Wow. We could talk forever about this.
1: That's why we I like having you on. About... We're not even taking any breaks tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's even better. Well, here's the deal. You know, I talked about when I kind of crashed and burned, I don't know, 15 or so years ago. And and. When I finally woke up one morning in all humility and a puddle of tears and looked up and said, whoever I am, whatever this is, I accept, and I meant it with all my being. One of the side effects of that, if you want to call it that, is that my gifts that I had had to some degree my whole life came crashing in because I was no longer defended. I was wide open, and I, wasn't, I didn't even know what I, I, didn't, I wasn't looking for it, believe me. I was a real estate broker, for crying out loud, you know, (laughs) and (laughs) And and I was doing a lot of left brain stuff, and I mean, all of a sudden, from one day to the next to the next, all, I knew things. I could see things. Like you know, it, my experience was so wide open, reality was getting really iffy. And I had to really work on getting balance with that. And um, fortunately, I'm very self aware, so it wasn't too bad. But um, as a result of that, I was building a lot of energy in my body. You know, when you start accessing higher consciousness and higher awareness, one of the one of the things is that you get tapped into the the energy. Energy flow really, really well, and and it's immense, and it's intense, and it's changing constantly, and I didn't know what to do with that, and. So every morning I started to just kind of uh, work with the energy. I'd play with it and I'd put music on it and I'd move and it began. My, it became my own personal brand of of tai chi. I call it. But what happened was, is it got me out of my head and I started to see it and the, and and I kept begging, you know, what what am I going to do? How I don't know what to do. Somebody show me. I was looking for a go button because it was so intense. And all of a sudden, one day somebody popped up in my living room. There was this beautiful being I could just about see through him, but not quite, and he was kind of shimmery, and he was absolutely gorgeous and I jumped straight up straight back ten feet because i didn 't want i didn't know what was going on. He startled me, and of course, he disappeared and um I quickly centered myself and kind of got back into my space, which I had learned how to do by then very quickly and there he stood and mm. I realized three years after that happened, I was telling it to a class that I was teaching, and and what I realized as I heard myself was that he hadn't gone anywhere I had. I had closed the door to my higher awareness by getting into my head and uh, all those questions coming in. So the reason I'm telling this story is because he started to move with energy, and And, like I had been doing, but a little bit differently, and he started to just more subtly um do things and I started to mimic him, and what I began to realize was that energy it takes form and color and and it's all, uh, you know, it, it, what he was showing me were all these basic geometries, pyramids, sphere, you know, these kind of things. And then I began to realize that the, that ultimately in, in, in what it was a kind of a, a pro- progression of these guys. And they taught me about all consciousness and creation. And Well, creation, the basic expression, the, the most basic form of consciousness and expression expression of manifested reality is the four-sided pyramid. And I put this out in my first book, In Pyramids of Light to a Degree, and eight months after I talked about the geometries and stuff, what happened was that Science Magazine, which is one of the big ones, um, had a cover that was almost identical to the graphics that had come out in my book eight months earlier and i was so excited science was starting to prove what i was getting in my weird way you know and, and and so i i i learned a lot about the pyramids not only are they the most basic expression of of matter and consciousness but they're also the the most perfectly balanced form other than one other one which i talked about later in the book and they can they contain every frequency that is mm-hmm. in creation they contain many geometries the pyramid the sphere the cube and the spiral, which is infinite in its movement, and so they're constantly changing. And, you know, as they arranged, um, other forms took place, and then there were spaces between them, and that's where energy flows, which is what energy is, it's what consciousness is, it's what attention and prayer is. And so it all works together, and as we communicate throughout this construct, everything starts to rearrange to create a reality. And we can, we have the power to, by by our prayers and intentions, to send messages to creation. And we, when we send them strongly and correctly, that creation will rearrange and create in, a brand new reality just because we said so. And so, I started going to all of these sacred sites, and I'm looking around. And I'm, like, wow. There's the spiral. Look at the flower of life. You know, look at the pyramids. Look at what, look at what they've set on the walls. Look at the hieroglyphs. Look at, you know, everywhere I went, there was a piece. And I started to realize that they left us a map to creation in the form of the pyramids right there on the ground and by the by the patterns that they laid it out they said here is the spiral and here is the basic form of creation and here are the spaces in between and here you know and and here are the increments uh, of what happens when you do this other thing you know and it, it just it's it's a it's a constant stream of awareness that is all I can say, and I know that's a long answer, but I don't know how else to make sense with no, it.
1: No, it's, it's brilliant, actually, because I think one of the most interesting myths or phenomenon that we are really, uh, you know, we sit here and we talk about how evolved we've become, and mm-hmm. almost as if, Dr. Megan, I want to ask you about this, almost as if, you know, these people that actually created these pyramids and actually had some of the most spiritual practices on the planet were not evolved. I mean, you've been around the table when many people have sat and pretty much have said, we haven't evolved yet. You know, we're evolving. It's almost as if we have dismissed a level of consciousness evolution that Mm -hmm. existed, almost to say egoically, that, oh my gosh, you know, we're the people to demonstrate consciousness. They really didn't have a clue. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, wow. I hate to you know, here's the deal. Before the primitive times, there there were other beginnings. You know, if we think ours was the only beginning, we've got another thing coming.
1: We do think that, though. You know that. I know.
0: Well, it's it's baloney. And the reason that I say that is, as I put my feet and my hands on the ground and on places that people came long before us, long before archaeology says any kind of intelligence was going on, they had technologies that they could use. They could you know build with monolithic rocks they could drill holes with diamond precision and laser precision as they as they link things together and and we find we find artifacts that don't we don't even understand because they don't work like the things we make and you know there there are so many examples of places you, you go to you go to Tiwanaku in bolivia or, or pumapunca and you look at how they the things were put together and and with forethought and planning and And brilliance that we can't even match in our own technologies today. And then you want to talk about how stupid people were in history? I'm sorry, but it doesn't, it does not compute in this mind. Because what I see is brilliance that, that we have forgotten. You go to Egypt and you go to the temples and you stand above several temples that are still buried. And you look at the evidence on the walls and you see evidence of Atlantis and even before and and history that was probably brought to us by people from the stars, you know, and 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 the sense is that if you could just stick your hand in the sand a little further, we would be able to remember these things because they really were in existence. And there's a great... um, series on the History Channel called Ancient Aliens, and, I'm, and I don't want to get off oh, on yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I've seen that.
1: <laughs> I, well, I, yes,
0: it it it, it, they've made a series about it, and a lot of it's history. And, and you know, there's, a, there's an alien bent on it, and that's cool because there was that along the way. But, but my point is if you, if you were to watch that, they really do have good evidence about historic sites of, of brilliant expanded awareness that that are they're just finding I I watched one about underwater last night and oh my, my computer is moving fast I'll tell you I've got so many new ideas I'm going to have to do a part two of this book or something yeah but, there's no question I think yeah <laughs> we're almost getting part two right now <laughs> well yeah that's it It's because it's just fresh and it's coming in but but when I look at these and I look at the parallels on the planet and, and the fact that they're in predictable incre- increments across latitude and longitude you know and how the, how the pyramids are Angulated based on based on um, the harmonics of their location. You know, they're they're not higher than one's not higher than the other because people did things different. It's re- there's a reason they were attuning them to the earth, and and that's brilliance. And it's saying that everything is flexible based based upon the experience. You know, and so if you look beh- uh, past the obvious, there's so much there that's just that's oh gosh. They can teach us volumes. So I want to ask you a question
1: that's, uh, you know, related to this, but it, it's one that has, has come up, you know, recently. Actually, it's come up a couple of times for me. You know, and it's a conversation about religion versus spirituality in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the question then becomes up, you know, it, 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 is religion, so to speak, um, you know, the pathway to discovering consciousness, or does it become a roadblock, or is it both, or do we know?
0: People are going to some people are going to get upset and some people are going to cheer but I'm going to say that religion is the result of lack of conscious awareness. It is an attempt to keep the sacred going when the when the skills of the sacred have been forgotten. And I'll tell you why I know that. Besides the fact that there's so many ways that religions dictate how people live which is not what it's about. Um, And, you know, that it's been used for political reasons over the years, blah, blah. I could talk about that for another two days. But here's the deal. When you start looking at the sacred geometry, I prove this in the book, and this is another piece that just blew me away. You take the flower of life, which everybody's wondered about for years. Drew McElzadex talked about it. You know, it's It's, everybody's, it's a mystery, right? But it's all over the planet, and I've seen it in some of the most amazing places, you know, that where it's ancient, thousands of years old and you take the major symbology of every major religion in all of our world, it will overlay on the flower of life perfectly. The the Star of David, the Tree of Life, the Christian Cross, even the, the sign that the Muslims use, one of their most prominent, all of those will not only overlay on the flower of life but with each other. As part of the entire picture, without error, everyone has drawn their sacred knowledge from the same source and then taken it into places that their minds thought it should go. And that is fascinating because it's all from the same place. We just don't remember that.
1: You know, with so evidence. much evidence, Dr. Meg, about mm-hmm. how we are all connected, and clearly, you know, with the campaign we just launched, the call, our, our call to connection campaign, you know, to simply give for the sake of giving, to reach out, to really demonstrate that we can individually, you know, create a shift. You know, so much evidence about how each of us are are connected. Whether you right. live here in the United States or you live clear across the world, what is it that keeps us so separate?
0: Perception. Mm. That's it. Nothing more. Perception and our beliefs and what we perceive. You know what we're con- how we're conditioned, what we're taught. And and I have a lot of respect for tradition and ceremony and and cultures. You know um, because it, it's important and it's vital. And and at the same time, there are certain ignorances that are causing such difficulties in our world because people aren't willing to bend from that. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but what I'm saying is those kinds of things keep us separate. And sometimes, you know what, my other observation of that is, sometimes it's just about survival. Because people in our world, and this is a very real fact, are, are simply trying to survive. They're not worried about the haves or the have-nots or, or, or anything else they are simply trying to re- find out where their next meal is going to come from, you know, how they're going to support their families or or whatever, you know, and, and it's something that we in this country are are not that aware of from experience, but so all of these things bring different perceptions, and those perceptions often keep us separate sometimes by necessity and sometimes by ignorance.
1: You know, all of this is also, uh, you know, we've seen through the ages. Uh, This is not the first time that, you know, we as, um, you know, humanity has suffered through, you know, challenges, right? Obstacles. Uh, Exactly. We happen to call it, uh, uh, you know, economic downturn or uh, unemployment. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Whatever the next fad is, the next fad label we want to call it, I, you know, I just started to say economic upturn all of a sudden. Because yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm I'm really, you know, looking at. But Absolutely. Have, yeah. Folks have gone through challenges throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, how far back can we go, right?
0: How far what you want to th- go? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to tell you, I can get into a whole conversation with you about some of the dreams that I've had. And I can't even tell you what those worlds were like. But, you know, <laughs> this is really about the invitation, as I call it and this yes. is really what you talk about so so beautifully in your work you know this is really an invitation and and somebody could say invitation who's who's inviting us and i said it's an invitation and you're actually inviting yourselves you just don't know it exactly and, and and it's and this is really what i want to talk to you about about when you refer to the true trinity and gamma consciousness see mm-hmm. there seems to be this level of connection exponential vibration that most people that are listening to this show actually believe they don't have really a part in
0: no oh, we're so definitely hardwired into creation and i don't say the universe because there are multiverses you know we're just we're just little aspects of all all that is all the creation that there is and and um we're wired into that and you know what i what i discovered in in all of these awarenesses and these these travels that i've made and and research i do research a little <laughs> you know what i've discovered is that the true trinity is this and it can be expressed also with sacred geometry you take the upright pyramid and that is that is representative of us as an individual consciousness the upright just like you see on the ground so and you can actually project yourself into that and sit with it and you can feel your breath change the temperature and I won't say how and cause I want you to have the experience and you can actually hear your unique tone, the expression of your harmonics in all of creation once you project yourself inside of it. And it's safe. You can't get lost. You know, it's, it's an experience and I told how to do that. that. When you turn that pyramid over and like a satellite, now it's sitting on its tip and the widest part is up that is representative of the universal mind because everything that ever was, is, or will be is already recorded in creation. And that, because light remembers and everything's created of light, and I showed how that is in the book. So you can also project your consciousness into that satellite-type upside-down pyramid, and, and some people have trouble with it because it's very busy in there and they don't know how to settle down in it and become the flow. But it's possible. And then when you, when you put the two together, the upright and the inverted, what you get is the uh, star tetrahedron, or some people call it the Merkaba. Um, and, and in symbology, it's also reflected as a star of David um, in a two-dimensional format. And that's the true trinity. That's us creation and the combination of us in creation, which is what happens in the middle. And that representation really shows us how intric- intricately, um, you know, aspected we are to everything. And then I, I took it even further than that, but that's what I mean by the true trinity. And the gamma consciousness thing is another issue. Um, do you want to ask yeah, me anything I, about that before I, I, I go on?
1: Yeah, no, I I won't want to talk about it because you know my, the sense I got, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that. You know, when I read, um, uh, when I read this book in particular, uh, and for those of you that are wondering what book I'm referring to, it's The Secret History of Consciousness Ancient Keys to Our Future Survival. Uh, my guest tonight, Dr. Meg, we're going to give you lots more information about her website in a second and how you can get a copy of the book. But I was fascinated. I mean, I literally hung on to some of these paragraphs and read them over and over again. But I, I was really struck by, how everything that you put in here is connected. And mm-hmm. I, I wondered, you know, if there isn't a message that really calls out for us to step into that level of of connectedness, but yet we don't know how. And I think if we understood, you know, some of what you refer to in here, I think it would make it a lot easier for people in some way. It, I don't know. Is that right? Yeah.
0: Okay. It, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, you don't know, I have to put the how or the why. That's all left brain. But we're human. And we need to sometimes understand so we're not afraid. And so my intention with how I go about my work, my writings, and my talks, which some of you know, some of you don't, but I'm very careful to keep a balance of that because you can take somebody so far out of their reality so fast, it's terrifying. Or you can say, wait a minute, there are possibilities here, and let's look at how that can be. And then it's it's not a scary thing. It's like, oh yeah, okay, you know. And so that's kind of how come I go about it the way that I do. But the whole gamma consciousness thing that's that's another thing. You know, there's a difference between consciousness and and our thinking self. Our our brain is not consciousness. Our brain is an electrical unit that helps us survive by rationale and teaming up with our lying egos and and giving us information so that we know or that we're safe or not. That's the extent of it. It tells our body how to work, and it works on electrical impulses, that and those make um, kind of a static field when they work. Our consciousness is electromagnetic. It's very light. It's... It, in fact, consciousness moves faster than the speed of light. It's not limited to our bodies or to space or to time or, uh, or anything. And it can do anything it wants. And believe it or not, it is 24-7. We just don't always know that because we're thinking. And when we have our electrical brain on, it often will close our access to our higher awareness by virtue of the fact of its electrical field and that's what happened when i when the guy when my when the first when the first master came into my living room and i jumped i got into my electrical brain and closed the door of my awareness and then as i calmed down and got centered again and there he was and he hadn't gone anywhere i had closed my own door that was quite a revelation you know
1: so, you know, one of the things that, you know, and, and I don't think this is really getting off the topic, but I think I want to create a bridge here. You know, I know about the work that you do with children, and I want mm-hmm. to take a moment to talk about it because, you know, a lot of things that you're talking about in the book and you're talking about in your book, talk about 2012, talk about the future. But I, but I want to step back for a moment, and I, I want to talk about your work and the work that you've done with children. And I call it work, and honestly, it's a passion. Yeah. Um, What can you share about the bridge between the work that you do with children and your passion around that, and the bigger message for all of us adults sitting here, perhaps thinking about consciousness, but maybe not getting very far (laughs) with it,
0: well, here's the truth. people like you and me, and those that are listening, and I love you out there. we are the bridge because we are stepping into being who we are. We're making it easier for the children and If I hadn't started having my own awarenesses, I would not have heard the children calling in the way that I had, so it's symbiotic you know it's it's all relative. What happened for those of you that don't know me is that I was on this whole consciousness path. I was doing this, you know, at the time, all of what we've been talking about, only not to this degree. And I started, I I, I got up to talk at a conference, as a matter of fact, in Spokane, Washington. And And I got up one morning and I couldn't stand up straight. And... And I, I mean, I was trying to iron and I kept lifting to the right. I couldn't figure <laughs> out what, what the heck. And I, so I stopped and I just kind of got in my space and I started doing a check on my energy field. You know, is there a problem somewhere? Do I need. And well, there was this beautiful orb attached to my field. And I'm okay. All right. Well, we don't have time to deal with this. I have to go talk now. And by the end of the day, there were four of them. And I could hardly stand up. I mean, my husband was oh, with wow. me. All he did was laugh. Oh, wow. And and it was it was long story short, the children there were children that were contacting me in orb form. Orbs are nothing more than projections of consciousness. We could talk about that for another hour. And <laughs> and they had connected with me in a way that they knew they would get my attention as pure consciousness and you know long story short i had several trips in a row and uh, and i started talking about them to a friend of mine and and we started talking about writing it into a, a movie script we were talking about um about the kids and different things cuz i had I, I that was my first talk about the kids by the way when the orbs started showing up and then i started to hear them giggle and then they all started talking at once and i was like oh my god i'm losing it you know and it turns out That there were children that are not able to speak that are very real people who were getting a hold of me to help create awareness in the world about all of these things going on with the kids. And I said, well, you know, if you're real, start showing up because I'm beginning to doubt myself. And one by one, in real living color and 3D flesh they and their parents started showing up, and I recognized them as soon as I felt them. You know, as soon as they got near me, even if I had, if they were behind me, I knew who they were. And uh, we all became very uh, interactive with each other. But mm-hmm. it's it's hand in hand, Dr. Pat, because if, if you don't become aware, you don't know what the possibilities are. Right. And you can't accept possibilities unless you're willing to be aware.
1: Well, and the children
0: and... took me past that.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, and this is really what's kind of cool when I get to talk with you, Dr. Meg. It is like having a conversation about the world of possibilities that most of us don't realize we even live in. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't understand whether there's a 3D effect, whether we have, you know, as my buddy Gene Houston would say, hey, you know, you've got a quantum partner somewhere, and, you know, you got to (laughs) wrap your mind around that. But I have to tell you, I can't believe... How many of us across this globe are so tuned in to the year 2012? There yeah. are people that don't even have a slightest clue about the Mayan calendar that are tuned into 2012. Blockbuster yeah. movies are being made and selling millions and millions of dollars at the box office, and they're mm-hmm. called 2012. How is it? They special be, effects. It <laughs> uh, was a great special effects movie. Did you see it? Yeah. That's I about did too. It it. Yeah, I like like five times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the worry. whole idea. I'm not going to tell yeah. anybody about it if you haven't
0: seen it. It's entertaining. Time. What can I
1: say? It is totally entertaining. I've seen it too, um, uh, but you know, everybody. Uh, I mean, I don't think you could turn a corner without seeing 2012. Somebody saying, "Huh, oh, mm. all right." So I have to ask you what the deal is. 2012 is is existing. Is that as if the moment we live in doesn't? And everybody is completely eliminating 2011 for a lot of reasons. Can you explain our fascination with this? Is it real or is it Memorex?
0: Both. It is a very real phenomenon that is going on. It's an alignment with our galactic center that happens about once every 26,000 years. It's a process. It's not a moment in time when we're going to get shaken off the earth and you know and vents of volcanic stuff are going to start spewing out no it's not about that it's about the the procession of of the planets and the other celestial bodies that will come around to an alignment with their point of beginning um in in that moment in 2012 and the Mayan calendar which a lot of people do talk about which is where all of this hype started it is nothing more than, than showing geometrically the procession of all of these different cycles. And there are, there are several cycles involved. And when we come to that alignment, there can be, there can be a lot of push from the black hole that's at the center of our galaxy. There can be, you know, magnetic anomalies with the sun and different things. And, and yeah, you know what? All of that could happen any day. But here's the truth. We are the consciousness within the living one. We are driving reality. We are creating outcomes. And we have the power and know of the possibilities of having a different kind of reality. And from what I see all over the world, it isn't going to happen. What's going to happen is even greater expansion of awareness on our part if we're willing to go there, if we want to go there. Or we could just all give up and, you know, create create some destructive thing and and then we won't have to worry about it anymore i i came here to live though i don't know about the rest of you guys
1: well i came here to live too and that leads me to you know uh, the next conversation i i want to have with you about all of this and you know but before i do i you know uh, let's take a moment if you don't mind uh, dr meg i want everybody to have your website i want them to know how they can get a copy of this really good book
0: it's a great book yeah, it's easy. Um, my website is spiritlight l i t e dot com, and the book is everywhere. It's in all your favorite bookstores. It's on Amazon. Amazon's got the best price on it, and there's a link um, to the book on Amazon on every page of my website, so it's really easy to find. And there's a lot of other information uh, about self mastery and and uh, all kinds of things on my website, and it's free and you can also sign up for my newsletter and check my schedule because um I am always scheduling new trips and and it's just it's a pretty big site so have fun with it
1: what well, what is your next upcoming trip? And is there probably there probably aren't any openings for it?
0: Actually, I there are I, I, because I I don't open registration for a while when I first announce them, just because there's always so many going on and it's too crazy for me. But um, well, I'm going to be in L.A. the first week of December, and it's on my I'm going to be four different places, so check my web schedule. But the next major um, journey I'm doing is in Peru in March, um, March 19th through 31st. And then, um, I'm doing a crop circle tour in, um, of course, England, in uh, towards the end of July of, ne- of 2011. I think the crop circles in 2011 are going to be absolutely stellar. I can't mm. wait to see that. So I'm going to take a bunch of people, and Daniel and Catherine Brinkley are going with me. We're going oh, nice. to, we're going to have some fun.
1: Yeah, that is definitely. But, uh, you know, I just want to tell everybody, just go to uh, spiritlight.com, and that's L-I-T-E, spiritlight.com. Check out the schedule. Dr. Meg's got everything laid out. Not only that, but we've talked about a lot tonight, and there are, you know, the many, many books that she has out there, especially, you know, if you have children of interest in mind, um there are workshops here, downloads, great photos. There's just a ton. It's, as she said, there's just wonderful things here on the website. Um, I wanted to, you know, you know, let people know about what you've done. But I, I remember pulling a word, and I wrote it down. It was in your bio, actually. Uh, and it, it is discussed, I think, at some level in the book. But it's the word passion. And
0: mm.
1: I, I talked about this the other day, and uh, someone said to me, Uh, that we, we have become complacent, that we are a genera, and, and, and don't, and, and they said, don't blame the kids, because it isn't the kids, you know, And, and the woman went on to say to me, and I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, just take a look. I mean, you know, what generation of adults allows their jobs to be removed, pensions to be destroyed, And healthcare uh, taken away from people entering their retirement years. And I just looked at her, and I said, you know, I've got to talk to Dr. Meg about this because I don't—I know the phenomenon. I've experienced it myself, and I wonder if passion has—or lack thereof—has a role in all of this, or is it something else, Dr. Meg?
0: Actually, it's a couple of things. First of all, we get absolutely numb from so much input in our world. We're in a, we're in a very different kind of world these days. And so we, we tend to get numb because there's too much coming at us. So that kind of dulls that sense of passion. But passion has really started to be seen as an achievement rather than a way of being. And it's not something we achieve. passion is everything that we love. Everything. And it's love in action. That's all it is, oh. you know. And if we can remember that and stay in touch, we're, we lose touch with ourselves. And if we can, if we can find that place in our heart, think of any one thing, anything that we love and that expands our heart and makes us feel good. You know, it could be a flower in the garden, it could be a baby duck, or 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 a child, or or a full moon. It could be anything. And and if we can touch that to where our heart feels big and full and then start breathing that feeling in and thinking of other things that we love and there's always something always and start to apply that physically by breathing that feeling into our body so that we can call that back any time we start feeling like we're losing track you know mm-hmm. then passion starts to come alive again and we can live from our heart rather than from our defensive uh other aspects and it's a whole lot easier from the heart once you get going i mean look at you look at me we're doing it
1: yeah yeah and you know what i love about it is uh you know there are people that have said you know like passion passion is uh, it's kind of like a a beautiful rose you know Mm -hmm. it shows up and it's beautiful and it blooms and then the petals fall off and i said wow that is so not my life (laughs) right now and and, and I just wonder why we buy into uh, the stories of our lives because aren't we at an opportune time now and you talk about creating change in the book aren't we at an opportune time now to majestically create the most amazing masterpiece that we call our
0: lives yes yes and it's just about getting authentic with ourselves because the reason we lose our passion, the reason we get numb, the reason we get overwhelmed is because we don't know who we are and what we want. And so if we can start there, the rest is easy. Because once we do, then we're also not willing to accept all of the things that that we made stories about in the first place that made us miserable. Because we can live a dream that's, that's totally illusion, or we can get real and... I, You know, and we can learn to live out loud instead of all inside of ourselves never wanting to speak our truth because for fear of whatever kind of retribution we might get. So if we can get real with ourselves, everything else comes. It's that easy. And it's, and it's not as hard as we think. We don't have to wallow in, you know, what didn't work. Let's just do what does.
1: Well, I love this. I love talking with you. And I could go on and on and on. Um, and I, I hope, uh, Dr. Meg, you will come back. I mean, I would love to have you back on the show. Um, I would love to so have
0: you back. I would love
1: to have you back. One of the things that I that I like to do when I like to wrap it up is, you know, this is for me an opportunity for people to that haven't met you uh, to meet you. And there's so much in the book that we have not talked about because I'm just fascinated by it. I love reading. By the way, I love reading your book before I go to bed. Because it takes me back to a time in my childhood when my imagination could run free. Um, (laughs) And and I love it. I love going to sleep and think about some of the things you've just talked about. Mm -hmm. Here's the question, and here's what I'd love to ask you. We've talked about so much, and I know you are passionate, and I know you are out in the world. I would love for you to share with everyone tonight what your personal message is. You know, what? what is it you'd love to leave everyone with um, so that each of us can take that next step to becoming more awake?
0: Thanks. What's given right now is for me to say this. Nothing ever, ever happens outside of now. And all of the things that make us crazy are what, where we've been or where we might go. But now is all there ever is. What are you going to do with it? How do you want your now to be? Don't lean outside of yourself. Stand tall in yourself and be whatever it is now, because it is always, always perfect, and it's a choice.
1: I can't thank you enough. I have to tell you, I love you, and love you back. I, I, I just, uh, I love your courage. I love your voice. And I love that you're calling millions of people to get out of that spiritual closet now.
0: (laughs) And I, by the way, I I love your new format. It's so cool that we could just talk and, and really get into some stuff. So thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. I know to carve the hour out when I'm talking with you. Thank you, Dr. (laughs) Meg. And I want to make sure everybody out there has got the website. We have talked about a lot today, and I know I have got a couple instant messages from you all out there. And so uh, thank you for interacting with us, and I believe I've got a lot of information that you all wanted. But please, you haven't even taken a sneak preview until you've gone to Dr. Meg's website, spiritlight.com, and that's L-I-T-E. Go to the website check out the upcoming trips, uh, sign up for the newsletter, check out the really cool photos she's got, the many books she has out there. And if you have not figured out how to survive the shift, she's got something out there that's going to give you the eight keys to survive it. Thank you, Dr. Meg. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. And I want to thank everybody out there for tuning us in and turning us on. You have, we have sent out and reach 2 million of you with our emails to join us in a call to connection. If you go to to calltoconnection.com and please sign up, you will receive gifts for the sake of giving. There is absolutely nothing for you to buy, and we're asking that you tell five other people. This is our initiative to pay it forward. But beyond all of that, it's a way to become inspired and help others be inspired as well. It's also a way, as Dr. Meg said, for all of us to become a little bit more awake. My personal gift to you is a video that I've created, and I hope you will enjoy it. So until next time, remember that you are the light, and sometimes we have to just stop and bathe in the rays of our greatness. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show.
0: the grill.